welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 184. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. Todd Grasswatch, 2017. Grass still brown. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Your big help. I can't help but look now every time I come up. I well, have I'm thinking, to look. I'm thinking I should get you to go out and, you know, like, mow my grass for me so you can get, you know, comments like your neighbors made. <laughs> I kid you not, folks. Chuck's wife gets the comment of, like, hey, some guy's mowing your lawn. Oh, have we ta- talked about this? No, we haven't. Oh, yeah, about a week before we got married. Mm-hmm. She's out there. She's taking a, um, a present over to our neighbor. And this blue Corvette comes up, parks diagonally across the street. And it's like, yeah, there's just been uh, this weird long-haired guy that's been out front taking care of the grass and stuff. We thought he was getting a house ready for uh, people to move in. <laughs> Implicit. He was kind of brown. <laughs> he was kind of brown. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, that's my husband. And he's like, oh, oh. There's a really nice guy across the street who's single, owns his own business. <laughs> uh, implied, implied, he's white. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny how how the how things march down the generations. You, know, you showed me you showed me the form your father had to sign for the navy yep. that said, "Yes, I know my wife is Japanese." No, really, I get I that. do get it that she's Japanese. Yes. My kids will be part Japanese. Yes. Okie dokie, guys. I've, I've had all the officers try to talk me out of it. <laughs> Still going ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that blew her mind was that even after she said, you know, we weren't married yet, but she introduces it that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, that's my husband. We're married. He's still trying to hook her up with the dude across the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, yep. And to be fair, when I mowed a lawn, I'm out there in a tank top, hair untied, and just the, and blowing in the breeze, beer in my hand, uh-huh, just uh-huh. driving the mower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this out: the people who do that professionally do not drive the mower with a beer in hand <laughs> or a tank top. <laughs> just saying. Uh, I don't. I didn't even have like a big straw hat or anything. <laughs> I say you, should, you need like a coolie hat and like a, you know. I, there was no truck with uh, 12 weed whackers on a rack. You need like mariachi music just fucking blasting. Oh, I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I know what I'm playing <laughs> on the... <laughs> I know what I'm playing on the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. Be good. It's, it's happening. That's a real thing this weekend. I'm just, I'm just, I, I, just when you think Utah suburbs couldn't get weirder, they just come right out of the darkness and weird harder. <laughs> God damn. It's interesting to see the network, um, in my, in my neighborhood. Oh, is there a internet? There, there is. So my neighbor across the street mm-hmm. is a stake president. Mm-hmm. So he's high up, kind of high up in the, in the hierarchy of the LDS mm-hmm. church. He's above multiple wards, multiple groups. Sure, sure. I guess he's like a, blo- a district 
leader. Sure, okay. For those who aren't familiar with how this works here. Um, so he's kind of a big deal. Uh-huh. Um, he came over one day because our grass has been having problems because our sprinklers <laughs> are <laughs> screwed. This just in. Chuck's grass. Brown. Yep. <laughs> My sprinklers are broken all to hell. So he came over and he was just like, hey, you know, do you need a hand? And I was like, yeah, the pump doesn't work. I don't know why. I haven't tried to look at the wiring or anything yet. I'm not familiar with this, how this stuff works. He's like, oh, all right. I'll see what I can do. Next day, dude from down the street comes over. I, I hear you have a problem with your sprinkler. Uh, shows up at my door. Doesn't know me from anybody. Wow. <laughs> The net is strong. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Rewires my pump. Gets it working. Wow. That's <laughs> impressive. There's a pump? There's a pump. Yeah, because uh, on where I where I am, uh, we have a canal as secondary water oh, for our okay. sprinklers. It pumps up from there. Mm. Okay. I think I have a pump. Yeah, so I'm pumping water out of a canal. Oh, okay. uh, problem I have right now is my even... He says there's something wrong with my pump that it just doesn't make pump. enough pressure. Doesn't pump. It pumps just not enough. Mm-hmm. So I may need a new pump. Thanks for listening to Sprinkler Nerds. Sprinkler Nerds. <laughs> grass Nerds. Grass Nerds. Because I'm trying to get my grass greener. Because I, uh... I don't want angry letters from the stake president. <laughs> what you do is you just keep a picture of my lawn handy. You're like, hey, look, look. It could worse. be this. See? <laughs> Look at how bad this could be. I do make a point when I drive down the street looking at all the lawns going, I think that guy's worse. I think I'm okay. I'm pretty sure that guy, oh. that guy is worse. Oh, Chuck, you've gone native. <laughs> oh my God. I just want to fit in. So this, so this week's episode of Wheel Nerds is brought to you by Surf and Summit Motorcycle. They're offering V-Star rentals for Maine and New Hampshire. Surf and Summit will pick you up at the airport and deliver your rental bike to your hotel at no extra charge, which is a smoking deal. Pre-book your rental now at surfandsummitmotorcycle.com. Cool. I am totally going to be taking advantage of those V-Stroms. I barely know what Maine and New Hampshire look like. Well, uh, never mind. Pretty sure I couldn't point them out on the map, except for the fact that they're, like, on that coast. Yeah, upper right. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's upper right on that coast. Yes, yes, yes. Everything is south of home, mm-hmm. except for Canada. That's north of home. So we're doing a thing now, mm-hmm. uh, us as a podcast. Yeah. We have joined the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Yes, we have. This year. And it was like a last minute thing, too, for yeah, us. Yeah, people are like, you should, you should join this thing. We're like, eh. And then it turns out it's not a mileage thing. We're like, <laughs> All right. Uh. Uh, kind of lazy. So, like the last uh, day, uh, we sign up <laughs> and we post on it on Facebook. Like, hey, does anyone want to want to ride with us? Help! Uh, <laughs> and we and we got two listeners to sign up. Yeah, I think if we had posted earlier, we would have had just a, an army. We of could listeners have had a lot more. <laughs> make everybody else look like yeah, everyone else only has like two or three signed up listeners. Well, that's I like guess. that's like half of an average motorcycle podcast listenership. <laughs> I mean, think of the first year of Wheel Nerds. That would have been like you know. That been two thirds of all our of our all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting if we had done it early and gotten as many people as we could, just pimped it out hard. Just to, just to, just to maybe next year, yeah. next year we can do that. So we're going to be doing that, and we took a, we signed up really before we took that hard of a look at it. Yeah, and it turns out that there are rules. So many rules. So many rules. 
rules. There was a lot of thought that went into this. If I was to rate those rules on a one a scale of one to ten, I would rate them a lot. One of these guys is a dungeon master. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of yeah, rules. <laughs> they are behind a trifold cardboard screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you motorcycle down the five. <laughs> <laughs> roll for roll for breaking. <laughs> and there, they, there is a uh, Facebook uh, page. I'll post a link. You can go and watch and follow along and see how to the podcasts are doing because we're supposed to post the picks mm-hmm. as we complete mm-hmm. these so every week they pick like six letters and yep. we have to go someplace a town with that letter as the first uh part of the name and and take a picture of ourselves you're, you're reciting the rules it's too long i'm just deciding oh. the main rule there's so many rules and i listened to one of the podcasts, because they actually do a podcast along mm-hmm. with this to talk about the, yep. the challenge, mm-hmm. and they were discussing new rules for next year. Do we need to get on there and jazz that thing up? <laughs> Is it time, Chuck? They do. Uh, do we need to descend upon them? They do it as a live show, so we could. Oh. They do it oh. as a live show on, I think, Wednesday. Could this be our Could this be our unofficial meet episode? We could just go and razzle razz the hell out of them. I think we've been doing that already on the Facebook page. <laughs> sure, sure. We're already, they invited us in and I think there, you know, there's, there's a lot of, apparently there's a lot of serious motorcycle shows out there. I, someone has not, I think. Someone didn't vet us properly. Someone did not theory. like the, the humor we've been bringing so far. Really? I believe that, I, th- I think one guy took, took it very, took it too seriously. Oh, okay. The one who was saying we had small dicks. I'm gonna have to go, go, <laughs> I'm gonna go hassle him harder. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's like, you know, the people who talk the most have the smallest, uh, you know. Podcast dollars. Podcast dollars. I'm like, what, dicks? You can say dicks. We can say, we're all adults, right? Dicks, dicks, dicks. <laughs> Eat all the dicks. Dicks. That's our theme song, man. Yeah, our, Go ahead and say it. You can say it. That's just that's not uh, a problem. That's just it's, part of. It's, uh, you do have to pay us if we, you say dicks three times in a row. We're all adults mm-hmm. here. I didn't see any kid podcasts in that kind of challenge. Nope. <laughs> So yeah, so many rules, so much, so much seriousness. Rulesy rules, serious, serious, serious. So it'll be interesting to see how well we do, how long our short attention span can keep up. Chuck, are we still in this thing? I'm bored. What? <laughs> what happened? I huh? We, I, I get confused. I don't know. We haven't got a letter yet. I, 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 isn't one of the letters S? I think one of this week's letters is yeah, S. So we can like go outside. We literally live in the towns that begin with S. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I could push my bike down the street to City Hall and take a picture. Nice. I like it. Do but it. I haven't. Do it. I haven't done it yet. Do it. Because <laughs> I'm lazy. Do it on a lawnmower. I dare you. <laughs> Don't I have to be on the bike? Isn't that part of the rules? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Can, uh, maybe... What if I just do it on a lawnmower and submit it anyway? <laughs> I think this has legs. <laughs> and and I just a, and my a mowing lawnmower Because <laughs> 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 they say we could do a live stream of video, so I'll just live stream oh, the oh, video. Oh, I know what we're doing. Yeah, we're live streaming the video. Mm-hmm. You and the lawnmower, me on a bike. <laughs> then it counts. Then it counts. <laughs> it totally counts. Give it up. <laughs> With this the mariachi genius. music oh, playing. Oh, I know what we're doing. <laughs> oh, we got something to do. <laughs> oh, we're going to be so bad at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so, so bad. Well, there could be other things we were bad at. We could be bad at classified ads. And it's spring, and I've been looking at bikes with the nep- with the nephew. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, man. There's a lot. There are some things There's stuff. out there. Yeah. There are things, yeah. Chuck. Yeah. Unspeakable things. Such so, as a 2000 CBR 600. No title. Not stolen. $900. Nine hundred dollars. <laughs> 2000 CBR 600, not running, no title, because I don't have the keys. A lot of good parts, good engine and transmission ignition switches broke. Cause what? Because I, I jammed, jammed a screwdriver, screwdriver in it. it. <laughs> uh, needs plastics, good frame, 800 OBO, bike is a seating outside, <laughs> too many projects. There's <laughs> too many other bikes stolen. Too many stolen projects that I've got in shipping containers in the back. Other bikes to steal. This bike is missing its, I wonder if he has the seat and he just, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, this is. Eight so kinds he, of stolen. He crashed it while trying to run away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so seat's gone. It's all dented up. He's got it's it. all dented up. Yeah. Uh, and he included the VIN, so I guess you can... I guess it's maybe not... I mean, it could... It's possible it is the VIN for the bike in question. Yeah, this my, that picture is a lot better than all the other pictures of the bike. That's my theory. <laughs> this is a clear picture in yeah. focus. I'm thinking that maybe this might be a picture of a different bike. He actually took the trouble to say, here's the picture of the engine. I think what he did is he walked down the road and he's like, aha. <laughs> this is the next bike I'm stealing. <laughs> this is yep. the next bike I'm stealing. i got to take a picture so I remember. Yep. This is extremely not stolen. <laughs> On a, in, a, in, a, in a scale of one to not stolen. <laughs> like, you'd have to buy a Wielder's key tag just to avoid getting pulled over with this thing. This is a... There is a cop waiting for you at the pickup. Around the corner. <laughs> Hi. He's a, the, nice This guy has already turned you in mm-hmm. when you show up with money. Yep. Because he's a good citizen that way. Yep. Not stolen. Wow. It's been a while since we've seen one not stolen like this. Something that's as blatantly not stolen. Yep. Yep. Nice. Nice. Moving on. So, uh, this got sent to us. Check this out. This is a Naval 650 two-wheel drive 1981 sidecar for a collection. BMW, Dnieper, Ural. Yeah. But he says it's a Naval 650 from England. Very rare to find. All laryngeal. It is not a regular Dnieper or Ural. It is a completely different bike. All bikes, which was for export, it is a good high quality motorcycles. British company used Italian parts for build the bikes. The bike runs like a champ. It is a two wheel drive, four speed and reverse gear. Clear title. Two wheel drive, reverse gear, huh? That's this is a totally different. Now it's possible it's a different thing, but I got to tell you, looking the, at it, what's that look like to you? It it looks like a Euro. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's it's a it's boxer. It's got the pontoon mufflers. It's yeah. got the boxer with the push rods. It's uh, you the, know, um, the tank looks a little different, maybe. Yeah, it's a subtly, subtle different tank. It kind of looks like a British tank. Yeah. To yeah. me, I mean, it looks like a Triumph tank. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the bike itself, it looks like a yep. Rush, you know, Russian copy numbers. of a German bike. Yep. Yep. I, totally I have not heard of this. Have you heard of a Naval? It's vaguely familiar sounding to me. Um, but, I mean, you know, looking at it, it's clearly a... Clearly an overhead cam mural. I mean, yeah, it looks like a, a Euro copy. I mean, they can yeah. give it all kinds of names they want, but it's an overhead cam mural. And uh-huh. I mean, it even it even has the, the the fins and the little the little heat spreader around the base of yeah. the exhaust pipes. That looks like a Euro same. motor. I mean, and, yeah. and the setup for the sidecar, everything about it looks like a Euro. Yep, the whole shooting match. Yeah. Yep. How much does he want for it? He wants five grand for a nineteen eighty one. Uh, it's a little uh, a little steep. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. 
It's a completely different bike, except for the way it's the same. It's just quite a lot. <laughs> it's English. It's got the name badge on it. This is English. Hello, Govsky. <laughs> Spot a vodka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's the thing. That is a thing. That is a thing. Moving on to bigger and better <laughs> things. <laughs> 07 Gixxer 600 $1000. That's uh that's not where that goes. Yes. Yes, pictured with its front fairing busted off where it by crashed. on the side of its uh of the front wheel. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where I like to put my fairings. Uh-huh. It's on the side of the front wheel. You protect them that way. 07 Gixxer 600 new motor had the bike for 6 years. Sad to see the way it sits. Yeah, I would, bet it's sad. Would be a great track bike. Needs mm-hmm. wait for it. New handlebars, fairing, rear sets, and fairings stay. Other than that, the bike is solid. Starts up how it sits. P.S. Forks would probably bend to shit. If you're interested, shoot me a text. Oh, they didn't write that down. I just, I just assumed that. If you're interested, shoot me a text. All offers welcome. No, I'm saying what needs new handlebars, fairings, rear Rear sets, sets, and and fairing stay. stay. Oh, okay. What's a fairing stay? It's the metal bit that holds the fairing up. Oh, okay. So he hit it so hard that the whole fairing is broken the fuck off. Yeah, it's just gone. And the handlebars are broken off. And the dash is gone. Like uh-huh. the entire, And the dash is broken off. Everything. I'm going to go out that on a limb. Is still alive? And say, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I would be a little suspicious of the extruded aluminum frame at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once those are bent, they're done. It right? looks wadded up. It, it's, yeah. This looks thoroughly wadded. Um... And I'm going to be a little suspicious of those front forks with a strike that strong from the front. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have, I have suspicions. Unless. I'm ridden with doubt. Maybe he went under a semi and <laughs> just smashed the top. How do you break the side then? Uh, when it went down after? I yeah. Could be. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that this is a, uh, this is a no. This is a, this, this is, is a no? Yeah, this, no, just. Did you just see the no. video of the guy who munched it doing a wheelie? Which one? There's, so there's uh, hundreds of those. This one is hilarious. Uh, the guy munches it on a wheelie. Mm-hmm. Bike goes flipping end over end over end over yeah. end. And he's there, he starts slamming his fist on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it, people around him are like, oh, he just made his first payment. He has no insurance. Kicks his helmet, is storming off to like beat the wall. Mm-hmm. They the guys over go over to his bike, which is wadded up, and they mm-hmm. pick it up, and they're like, one dude's like, one bro's like, yeah, oh, you need some new plastics and stuff, you'd be fine, the bike's okay. <laughs> Another dude reaches out, grabs the brake lever on the bike, pulls it in, and it pops off. <laughs> and he's holding it, and he he like looks, and he just puts it up on the floor. <laughs> I'll just. I'll just leave. leave <laughs> Shall I? It's just amazing. Well, you know, yeah. I felt bad for him. Yep. So um, this isn't a real classified, but it made me sad. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so um, liquid asset partners. Liquid ass partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're auctioning off everything they own for EBR. Mm-hmm. They are liquidating EBR. That amaz- is kind of their jam. Amazingly enough, and one of the things they're doing. Is we got a, uh, a an e a bid form here for the prototype 2017 Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. Opening bid uh, is ten thousand dollars for the bike. This is the bike I assume that I got to see at IMS when mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. put down my deposit to buy one. It's got a little chuck on it, so you know. Careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
just made me sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to see the, the Buell guys, the BR guys, have a sense of humor about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys from the uh, Facebook page went to the auction and were buying things because mm-hmm. it's an open sure, liquidation. Yeah. yeah. One guy's like, I bought this box of parts, and at the bottom of the box of parts is this dead fly. Opening bid is 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> guys are responding, can I still get parts for it? <laughs> Did Eric sign it? Oh, man. Is this a prototype fly, or is this the one that, that came off the line? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's sad. It's, it's kind of like, gra- you know, graveyard humor mm-hmm. at this point. But, I mean, yeah. what, what can you do? Yep. So, yeah, $10,000, you could buy a bike that... <sighs> Is that even road legal? I have no idea. I assume so. I, I guess. Because it's basically a, a modified... Uh, it's a modified SX. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, I guess EBR won't be at the shows this year. Nope. And that includes the AIM show. Okay. And we're on with Larry Little. Larry is the vice president and general manager of the AIM Expo. Wait, is that where you met all those close personal friends? tons, tons and tons of person, And you stepped on it, by the way. I'm the one that's supposed to say. I know. I just like ruining your fun. I, I've i met so many people at the AIM Expos over mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. Hi, Larry. How you doing? I haven't met Spent. you there. You haven't? <laughs> I why have not. Just, why, why didn't you stick your head in the office and go, hey, where's Larry? You sure uh, you wasn't one of you know, the guys like, throwing you out? They dragged me out, actually. They there did? Was, well, was, you probably was, deserved it. There was some ugliness. <laughs> um, yeah. All is good. All is good. We're only we're uh, literally, I think, what's today? The twenty second. I can't remember what the day is. The twenty second. Yes, I think yes, yesterday was ninety three months till the show. So it's like we're counting it down. Oh and, wow! Uh, it, yeah, it always kind of sneaks up on you like that. It's like, and we're a few weeks earlier this year, so it's like sneaking up even sooner than than normal. But no, it's it's we're we're pretty excited. We're we're, uh, we, as you know, we've moved the sh- we're moving the show to Columbus, Ohio, from Orlando, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff that's happening as a result of that. And we've got some great new exhibitors we can talk about, and I've actually got some really cool news we can share as we get the conversation along. Fantastic. So, so now, uh, let me let me lead with so AIM Expo I'd never heard of until Chuck was like, "Hey, I got I got a press pass for this thing." Because you know you, you think of the, the look what I talked my way into. Yeah, how did that happen? I don't know. Uh, I, bad. The, someone's getting fired after this conversation. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, he, he's telling me about it, and I was like, "Oh!" And I went and looked, and I'm like, "Wow, this this feels like the the show that all the others promised to be and don't deliver on anymore." You guys are actually growing while a lot of other motorcycle shows are sort of shrinking and doing less stuff. Um, what, what's your what's the special sauce? So, I mean, I I think it's valuable to just kind of give a quick background because it's it's it really it's it, this this was a very long gestation period <laughs> that this that this took to have happen back in you know in my. In my previous life, uh, up until 2010, I was at Cycle World magazine, and I basically ran that business unit as the publisher. I wasn't I wasn't a content guy. I was on the business side. I came mm-hmm. up through the ad side, sold advertising for a long time. But uh, when I when I was put in the position of publisher in the early 90s, I went to the ICMA show for the first time, and that's the big show in Milan that happens every year. And as an enthusiast and as somebody that was on the media side of the business and for the first time going over there, I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's like they, all the new models get introduced here. There's so many people come and see the show. It was crazy. And so I came home and 
I called a buddy of mine that was uh, responsible for putting on the shows over here at that time, and I said, hey, we got to meet because we got to figure out how to do this in the U.S., and and it, but the reality was, so we spent, you know, we spent six months talking about it. But the reality was at that time, uh, in the early nineties, what was, what was happening was that the U S was such a large individual market for all the, most of the, the motorcycle manufacturers, the OEMs, as we call them, that they had their own individual meetings. They didn't need a show. They, they put on their own show. So, you know, Honda would take their dealers to New Orleans and Yamaha would take their dealers to Vegas and Suzuki would take their dealers to Orlando, et cetera, et cetera. And they, there was no need for that. So it was like, eh, well, that was, it was a great idea, but it's not going to work in America because we're actually too big of a market. So fast forward till 2010 and I left Cycle World. And I was kicking back and the same guy that, was my buddy he had left the 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 company that puts on the motorcycle shows and gone to work for another company that put on home and garden shows and he's like hey I need to do so, you to do some research because I'm too busy and uh, they he was they, he had just gone to work for this company and they were doing home they're the biggest producer of home and garden shows in the U S and Canada and he said I don't have time to do this but I need you to do this research and so I spent a year talking to all the people in the marketplace from OEMs to distributors to dealers to aftermarket manufacturers and found out that the market had changed enough that the annual show, I don't know if you know, you guys know, but the annual trade show used to be in Indianapolis every February. But in the world market, all the stuff that was happening was in the fall because that's when most of the new models, I mean, models get introduced year round now, but that was when most of the important new models got introduced. And so, People were looking for a, a show platform that was fall based that, you know, people could order stuff for the next year if you're a dealer. And there was no good reason not to invite consumers in. So after doing about research for a year, we put together a business plan. We presented to this company that did the home and garden shows. They were kind of looking to diversify their portfolio. So they kind of incubated it and we launched it in 2013. And it was, you know, the whole concept was to be able to, for anybody that's in the business to be able to come to the show and you could meet with the media, introduce new product. You could talk to the retailers, the dealers that sell the product and you could show it to the consumers right away instead of having to wait, you know, sometimes two or three months, depending on what product would get into dealership or if you might be near one of the markets that had an international motorcycle show and to see new motorcycle models. But we had so many more aftermarket companies. I mean, uh, this this year we'll we'll have, you know, twenty to twenty five OEMs there with product, uh, but we'll have you know four hundred and fifty to five hundred aftermarket companies. And granted, some of them do business only, business to business. In other words, they sell service products to dealers, sure. those types of things. But you know, most of them are bona fide aftermarket companies. And so it's like, why wouldn't we open this to consumers? <laughs> and so. You know, we launched in 2013 in Orlando because Orlando was a great place to get people to come to uh, as a a launch. And it had a great facility there and outdoors that we could do demo rides in all in one place at one time was the concept. And and it was it was successful. And, you know, we were we were pretty realistic on our in our goals for the first year. And it, it grew from the first year to the second year. And it's grown through this year. And, you know, the really the move to Columbus, our our vision was that we would be in Orlando for three years to four years. And we were there four years and we were looking for a different place to have it. And 
we wanted to be more in the middle part of the country to just make us more accessible to both dealers and consumers. And as it turns out, uh, we did our research. We're part of the Motorcycle Industry Council now, and Motorcycle Industry Council did some research for us and said, hey, you know, of all the cities that are in the Midwest, you know, the highest percentage of motorcycle dealers uh, is within 500 miles of a city turns out to be Columbus. And more than more than 40% of the motorcycle dealers in the country are within 500 miles of Columbus. And it turns out over half the U.S. population is too. So, and it turned out that Columbus had a brand new, that they had just refurbished their convention center and it was the perfect size for AIM Expo to take up the whole convention center. So we'll be in a town that, you know, the whole motorcycle and power sports industry is just going to basically take over the town for four days in September. So we're really pleased that we're really excited. But, Larry, I had a really cool timeshare in Orlando. I'm sure you did. There was a bunch, bunch of them down there. It made it really easy for me to come to AIM. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out now how to get my company to send me to the Columbus office that week. I really need to be there that following week. Can you send me out on the Thursday? Oh, you, you do, you do. I mean, and you know, I'm sure it's a direct direct flight from where you guys are because it's. I'm sure Delta flies are direct, so we, it's, we gotta go out Wednesday night so that we're there because they, they they open media day like right on. Oh, okay. Really yeah. early. There you go. Yeah, Thursday morning. Thursday morning yeah. is media is media like way. They're really good. We'll be climbing the walls. It's nice. Cool. Well, you know, you've been to AIM Expo. Have you been on? Have you been on the the media days itself mm-hmm. in the past? Yeah. yeah. So that's actually when I prefer to be at AIM. Yeah. I, I, so yeah. what we did, you know, part of part of what we visioned for AIM Expo, having been to the Eichmann Show, and the Eichmann Show is immense, but you know, they have so many journalists there, and you go there, and it's just, I was I was laughing the first few times I've been there and all the times I've been there since, that it's almost like this scrum of media goes from booth to booth to see the new product. And a lot of the manufacturers do a good job with PA systems and video boards and that type of stuff to, to show, but some of them don't. So if you're not in the front row of like this five to 600 people scrum, you really can't hear, you can't take photos, you don't really know what's going on, you can't see the sheet being whipped off the new motorcycle. And it's so I was like, and if you've ever been there, you'll find that their media center, which is where you can get your actual work done and upload stuff and do all that is a, is a solid 10 minute walk off the show floor. <laughs> and, you know, that turns out they only have like 25 workstations for all the media, the thousand plus media that they have there. But it is Italy. They have a really bitchin' cappuccino bar for the media. So <laughs> it's worthwhile. But we did, we saw that and we said, look. We need the media to be on the show floor so they don't have to go anywhere to do their work. They can be immersed, surrounded, and do all that. And so we built that media hub with a stage, with a turntable, with light, with lighting, with video, with sound system. And everybody loves coming into that thing. And you all can just sit there in your spot and hook up and and just do the stuff right away. So we, we learn a lot of things by observing and getting input over the years. So it's uh, we're we're actually pretty proud of the fact that the the media for us is as important a leg. We call it a three-legged stool. It's media, it's motorcycle dealers, and it's uh, the consumers, the the general public that gets gets to come in and see the bikes. Those are the the three components that really make AIM Expo. So 
we know that Columbus is going to be a, is is very accessible to get the dealers there uh, and the consumers there. I mean, just even a three hour drive from from Columbus, you can hit Cleveland, uh, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. I mean, there's all these cities with a lot of motorcycle people in it in that area. So we're we're very excited, and we have uh, I think. I think we just confirmed today that Honda now is also going to be doing demo rides. So we have actually nine manufacturers that are going to be doing demo rides at AIM Expo Outdoors, which is our outdoor area that does demo rides. So, I mean, for 14 bucks or whatever an online ticket is now, you get all of that. It's just really amazing. You really, you'll have a hard time getting through the show in one day if you're going to take advantage of all the opportunities. Yes, absolutely. Cool. And the way AIM approaches media, to me, is like a huge difference between AIM and, and IMS. Well, I, I, the, the, the difference in the spin <laughs> is huge. Well, I mean, A, you're there. But B, like the thing I hear from motorcycle, you know, this motorcycle media zeitgeist we're plugged into is AIM, 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 AIM. IMS was sort of lame this year. AIM, 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 AIM. <laughs> well, you go to IMS as a media person, yeah. you show up um, on opening day. Uh-huh. And the media day in IMS, at least in Long Beach, it's half a day yeah. on opening day. Close, so that half day is close to the public. So everyone's in there still setting up. Oh, lovely. And IMS, uh, I guess they, they, try, they do a media tour yeah. moving you around to uh, like your manufacturer. Yeah, manufacturer, previously made. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone's still in the, like, especially the OEMs and the vendors and stuff, they're still setting up. So everyone doesn't have a whole lot of time to pay attention to you, especially if you come up with looking like kind of a scuzzy podcaster dude uh-huh. wanting to ask about something. Hey, scuzzy indie podcasters are, are you know. But hey, we, yeah, we, we love scuzzy indie podcaster dudes and dudettes. Believe but, me. Yeah. AIM's got two days <laughs> devoted just to media stuff, and they're there. To, like, the show is running like a show. It's cool. not everyone still setting up and, you know. Yeah, and you know what? The, the, the IMS shows, they, they serve a purpose, but it's it's more about the OEMs. And, you know, like I said earlier, we, we'll we have 20 to 25 different OEMs if you include all the first, second, and third tier guys. And But then we have all these aftermarket guys that IMS doesn't have. And that's really the biggest difference above all is that, you know, those guys are there to show their new product. This is where the new helmets get introduced, the new jackets get introduced, and all the stuff. I mean, every year I go to the show, and I, I try and walk the whole thing when all the people are there so I can talk to people in their booths. And inevitably, I'll see something. I was like, wow, I, I had no idea this product, whatever it would have been, existed. And is like, this a thing? What, a, what a cool thing. I mean, it's like every year I go, and I was like, wow. And I would – and generally speaking – you you'll probably won't see it anywhere afterwards uh, mm-hmm. unless you see it. I mean, it's like at the show. It's like it's really really cool stuff, and you get to talk to the actual people generally that design the product. You know, so it's you know it's it, it's that that kind of face to face interaction that really makes the show. That's what shows are about. Yeah, you get to see the motorcycle boat guy. Exactly. <laughs> I forgot I forgot the name of that man. That the I forgot the name of that, but that thing was amazing. Motorcycle boat. Motorcycle boat. Yeah. <laughs> This is relevant to me. Just, yeah, it's there. You see some fun stuff. You, you, it's a lot of them you don't you don't see the next year, but you know you do see some fun stuff. So, t- Larry, tell tell us a little bit about Larry. What do you, for starters, what are you riding these days? Uh, pretty much what I ride mostly right now. I have a, a, a Yamaha Super Tenere adventure bike. I'm a 
I'm a lifelong dirt bike guy. You know, I, I, I love riding dirt bikes. I ride street. I, I actually don't have a bona fide dirt bike at the moment. I'm in between, but you know, the, the, the adventure whole, the, we, we were actually riding adventure style riding before they actually had adventure bikes. I mean, we were, we were taking, you know, street bikes on the dirt long before, so, long so before you, such things existed. So, so you were I mean, doing it, adventure bikes before it was cool. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, adventure I, hipster. I, I can't even tell you where I've taken gold wings and Harleys, but it's, it's, it's pretty fun. So yeah, so that kind of at the moment fills the bill. I think I need something a little less porky. Uh, it's, I bought the heaviest one. It's the one with electric suspension. So it's like, and I've done some pretty silly things on it in the dirt, but it's like, if you tip it over, it's like, oh man, it's a project. <laughs> the Tenere so, falls in the forest and no one's around uh, to hear it. Yeah. So, I mean, Everyone we did a ride over, the, we did a ride, we do a ride over the holidays every year in, during Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's with Scott Harden and a bunch of guys. And we, every year I tell Harden, I go, look, I'm too lazy to change. My street, which are, you know, 80% street tires into the like 50% street tires and 50% dirt tires. So I like, come on, no sand this year. And like, of course, every year he takes us in sand. And of course, this year I did fall over in a wash, crossing a wash. And it was like, oh, it took three people to pick up the bike. But no, that's, that's kind of my daily driver at the moment. But, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking my, my perfect, my perfect bike. Cause as you get older, you want lighter. So like, you know, 1200 is nice because you can go 120 miles an hour and do all that stuff. But it's like what's really important more than anything now is lighter. So if if Yamaha would really bring that 700 twin to market that they've been showing as a uh, as a uh, as a long lead kind of bike. And there was a pretty cool video from one of the Italian publications, Duo Rote, about two weeks ago with the uh with one of the one of the long lead bikes i was like uh, that that could be the bike because it'll weigh a lot less you can still go because out here in in southern california we go riding in the desert you know you'll ride some stuff and then you'll jump on the pavement to go from like this place to that place so you can blast you know you go 100 miles an hour and you can get to the you can go like 25 miles in 20 minutes and you're at the next place and you can't we tried to do that in the past on singles you know, like on our 525s and stuff like that, but you buzz, <laughs> your ass gets numb because you're just buzzing, buzzing a thing going 80 miles an hour. And so it's, it's a lot more fun and it's comfortable and you can pack more crap on it and all that stuff when you go out for a few days. So that's, you know, right now, maybe an Africa twin, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm always, I, always I, in the market. I hear a lot about how not terribly exciting that is from a lot of people. Which that Africa twin. They're like, well, it seems uh, pretty light, and they're like, but it's kind of, I don't know, everybody has that kind of like, well, kind of statement that always follows. I don't know. Well, you know, I haven't ridden one yet, so I, I can't say, but I, most of the reaction I get from people is that it's a Honda, so it does most everything, <laughs> it does most everything really well. It's just, it doesn't, like, stun you with anything, mm-hmm. but it it it'll it gets the job done really well, and so it, I, that's... At this point in my life, I, that's why I said I'm looking for something lighter, and Africa Twin may not be as much lighter as I'd like, but it might be a lot lighter than what I'm currently riding. So, is you know. Larry, you need to bring me along on your trips. There you go. Hey, Chuck can just come on it. out. I'll, I'll, I'll pick yeah, there you There we go. There we go. Yeah, well, you and another person besides me. <laughs> no, no, no. This is Chuck. Chuck lifts 400 pounds oh, okay. with his hands. Oh, perfect. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I don't. I don't bother with the jack in my bikes anymore. I just chuck them. Yeah. You know? There chuck, you go. Pick up that wheel. 
Okay. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Yeah, I, I figure, you know, levering up a motorcycle, you know, will, will get me to five, six hundred pounds faster. You know, you, you've seen all those things, how to pick up your bike. You know, you back into it. It's like, you know, no, not really. Not when you're on gravel and your feet don't hold still. It's no, like no. you can't do that. <laughs> and you're not thinking straight because you just fell off your bike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like it doesn't quite happen like they say it. No, no. They do. Just... I've, I, I've seen I've seen they have a winch option for a super tenary, but I've, I've really not. It's like, you know, I don't think if it comes to that, I'm sorry. I, I can't it's do that. To, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I hear BMW is researching the black helicopter option. For, uh, yeah. for for tumbles, you can just push Menu, the button. lift. The, the helicopter will come and just lift the bike up for you. Well, that'd be cool. That'd but yeah, be cool. I'll, just, yeah. I'll ride on the back with you, Larry. It'll be fine. There you I, go. Uh, I, 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 uh, I eat very. I eat a lot. There you go. <laughs> but, well, we have saddlebags. So you can put a lot of food in them, so it'll be all right. Yeah, so. you can just pick the bike up when you need it. Just, you know, you there is there is rumors of or not rumors, but there's there is there is coming a. Uh, I think an 800 parallel twin from KTM. So mm. it, that, that could be the answer for me. Wait, the, so the KTM we'll that is rumored every year since the dawn of time is rumored. <laughs> yeah. Go, go yeah, on. Kind of, you know, and that's, that's pretty funny to say that because every year when you go to that Eichmann show over in Milan, they show, uh, here's the new, like the new Husqvarna, whatever it was, what's the, they had those really weird singles that they're, they showed street bikes for the last two or three oh. years. I forget the names of them because they're really <laughs> Swedish. Pictures. And so, and so when are they going to come out? Oh, you know, maybe 2018, 2019. Well, I go, well, this is like 2015, 2016. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you ever owned a Saab? They got to try to, you know, get them there and it's going to break down a few times on the way. Uh, yeah. You know, I, this is a quick side story, but my uncle, God, he's and you know he's I think in his 80s now. But when we were kids, my uncle was cool, and he had sobs. He had sobs. He had an 850 Monte. He had an 850 Monte Carlo, which was the triple, two stroke. Those Marv, things. Marv is those thing, and he just died. Those those oh, were awesome. That's the one Marv's you, getting up. Okay. Yeah, you could you could you could you could lay a couple of strips of rubber down with that thing, and and you think about it today, it was like an 850 cc two stroke triple. You're like. Really, you could do that in a car. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, now, how do you feel about the uh, the newer, smaller displacement uh, adventure bikes like BMW or CSC? Little two fifties. Yeah. But that are yeah. adventure two fifties. Yeah. Well, adventure five hundred. It's kind of it's four fifty. Well, the CSC thing's kind of cultish out here. I don't know if how it is back there, but it's kind of interesting. It's kind of that way. There's like there's right? there's these guys that I mean they basically. They're so ch- they're pretty cheap. Uh, they're very inexpensive. Let's just put it politically correct. They're inexpensive, <laughs> and so and so, you know, these guys that buy them, it's like we, we'll just go places on them because we don't care if they fall over. Or we don't, and, and it's mm-hmm. I, I I applaud the introduction of the three hundred class because there's a whole bunch of market factors that are requiring it, and it's taken too long for them to get to market. And you saw it when. I mean, the Ninja 250 before it was the 300 for Kawasaki was was always their single best selling model in terms of numbers for many years. Well, it was the only thing and, like it, right? Yeah. I mean, what else could well, you yeah. get? And then when Honda brought the CBR3, CB, well, was it a 250 first? I can't remember, but the 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 300, you know, CBR 300, and and then that like sold like gangbusters. And there was clearly 
a need for a price point bike. And, you know, and people kind of wanted to buy, I think, a more known brand because there is plenty of Chinese product out there. But, oh, yes. you know, it really wasn't you didn't really know what it was. And so <laughs> but I like CSC. Now you got you know, you, now you've got this plethora of uh, 300 series bikes, you know, both street and then now the adventure is coming on more and more. And I haven't had a chance to ride any of them. But, you know, I applaud that because it's really what the market needs at this time. And, you know, there's, there's people what want to get into the market, but they don't want to spend 10 grand. And if they can spend four to five grand to get a a bike that's reliable as because it's a new bike and it's built by a reputable manufacturer, I mean, that's, I think that's awesome. And I think we're going to continue to see derivations of all those platforms, you know, from adventure to, you know, standard style to brat style to you know whatever you know at this point but you know the quote-unquote millennials that you know everybody talks about that want to buy an old honda and fix it up well you know after they spend six months trying to get it running and do all that stuff you know it still sucks it still sucks it it may look cool sitting on the side of the street and i'm you know i'm glad that everybody's doing that but it's just like at some point, they realize, yeah, you know, I spent like thirty five hundred to four grand, and for forty five hundred, I could have bought a brand new bike that I won't have to worry about if it's going to start or get me to where I'm going. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm kind of impatient, especially with the adventure class for those three hundred, that three hundred, the three hundred class with adventure uh, platform, because I just want to see what they're going to do and what the price points are going to be. Because I was actually impressed at the BMW price point. Of you know basically less than five thousand bucks for that bike, I was I was surprised. I didn't think they could actually do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we'll we'll see. I got I got a bone to pick with you, Larry. Bring it on. So the last AIM Expo I went to, I got my wine right here. So bring it on. I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before. The prevailing theme I saw, besides the motorcycle boat, which was super cool, was the (laughs) damn side by sides. I remember being in press booth or at a press room, and everyone had a side by side they wanted to talk about. What the hell with the side by sides, Larry? Well, you know, here's here's the here's this quick story. They print so <laughs> so in two thousand and eight was the high water mark for motor new motorcycle sales. So in two thousand eight, there was roughly. And I could be off by a little bit, but roughly around 1.1 million new motorcycles sold in 2008. Then the global financial crisis happened. And the next year, there was about half that many bikes sold, about 550,000 in 2009, 2010. And we've been slowly eking up on the motorcycles during that time. However, during that time, uh, and I think the best numbers I have are from about 2012 in my mind, but in 2012, there was about 175,000, 170, 170, 160,000, 170,000 of the side-by-side sold. And that ATV used to, an ATV used to be a pretty significant number for, for motorcycle dealers, but it dropped off as well. And so side-by-sides came, and uh, I think in 2016, there was, there was a, somewhere around 300,000 or more of those things sold. So it's been the product for a lot of the franchise dealers, most of which carry multiple different franchises, multiple sure. different brands. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it's been the product that's kept a lot of these guys in business. And so it's been an important part of the product mix for the dealer. And so that's why you're seeing all these different side-by-sides. I mean, even this year, we, for the first time, we've got a couple of interesting manufacturers of people and interesting companies that are making side-by-side. We got Cub Cadet. Who's been a, like a lawnmower oh, company for years? I was going to be like, yeah, that's yeah, a lawnmower. Yeah, that's, so they but they started getting into the side by side market. And Does it have a lawnmower attachment? I don't know. <laughs> it, it may. You know, that's a good question. We'll have to look at this year's show. But I mean, even like uh, uh, Textron, who's like makes helicopters and makes all the stuff. They have Textron, which used to be called Bad Boy Buggies. Now they're Textron Off Road. They just actually just acquired Arctic Cat, Arctic Cat, oh. uh, a few months ago. Uh, but it's like everybody's making those things because they're so versatile. Sure. You know, there's, there's the versatileness from, uh, the, the enthusiast who can take them and just go, go, you know, go out in the desert out here and do that stuff. Or there's the, the farmers that can use them on the farm. There's the, there's the, uh, guys that go take them, take them hunting. So there's so many versatile uses for them. That's why they've been an important product for the motorcycle dealer. Well, and, and, you know, and it's, I mean, that's why you see so much of that product. And, you know, quite honestly, it's an important, it's an important segment for the retailers. Well, and in all honesty, the other thing, I guess, that I see with those, and I, I look at the people I know who have them, the barrier to entry is much lower. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can drive a car and have two brain cells to rub together, you could probably operate a side-by-side. Whereas a, <laughs> no, really, I mean, a motorcycle, you need special training, you need all sorts of special gear, you get a helmet... And you know, like a, a I'm, just, I'm picturing dodgeball. If you could drive a car, you could drive a side by side. Reality check: If you know how to drive a car, you know how to drive a side by side. Not well, but you know how to drive a side by side. You know, mm. pretty much. Go. Pretty pretty much. I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, is that you know, the, the motorcycle industry council who we're a part of also has other organizations devoted to to safety. They we also our sister organization for us is the Motorcycle Safety Foundation. The sister organization is also what's called the Recreational Off-Highway Vehicle Association, which tries to help with education, you know, uh, for people that buy. But you're right. I mean, part of the challenge in that side of the marketplace is getting people to consider the minimal training in terms of what's safe. And, you know, that product has evolved to where, you know, when the first products came out, the first ones came out, you know, they didn't have any side doors on them and, I've been one of those guys that, you know, we're, we're going along and the thing would start to tip over and you'd want to put your foot out because there wasn't a door there because you're normally <laughs> used to riding the motorcycle and you're like, oh, chip, I better chip. not do that because I could crush my leg. So, you know, the, they've evolved, the products evolved to a spot now where it's, 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 it, there's two challenges with that product. You know, the high end of that product from a performance perspective is really high end. I mean, it's nobody, builds dune buggies anymore because no, these things these things are what dune buggies would have evolved into from a performance perspective i mean it's like it's pretty amazing that what you can and they're not cheap you know it's the high end of them they're 25 to 30 grand for the high end but it's amazing performance for that kind of money and you can get them with four seats you can take the whole family out so i mean from a uh family entertainment and uh Keeping the family together, recreation perspective, they're they're awesome. And you know, out here, if you, if you if you go out to the desert on Thanksgiving weekend, it will blow your mind. 
I try not to go how, near any of the dunes. How many weekend. people? Yeah, but it's pretty cool that there's that much family recreation going on because that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's kind of it's rad. actually pretty impressive, and that's I mean that's the hope for us in the long term is that there's so many of these younger kids that are getting exposed to being outside mm-hmm. and getting away from the screens and, and doing that stuff. So I mean, that's that's you know the, the generations that are. You know, I'm a baby boomer, so it's like we're looking for the next guys to buy new motorcycles. And you can talk to, about the millennials, but the reality is, the millennials are bigger than the baby boomers. But the 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 group that's coming after the millennials, which are the kids that are up to 18 years old right now, are actually bigger than the millennials. The they call them variously. They'll call them the the Z Gen, the I Gen, the all these different things. But that those group damn kids, is, damn kids, that, that group is actually bigger. Than the millennials, so we're as you know far we're as market power or in, in as what? far as a, a demographic, as far as a, a group, a demographic group that hmm. we can hopefully interest in power sports. You know whether it's ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, dirt bikes, whatever. I mean, it's like it's 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 really a powerful group, and I think you're going to see some things in the next year or two years that you're gonna, we're going to start marketing to that group as an industry. Parents, get your kids into power sports now, and they won't have money for drugs. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's it's kind of interesting. You saw, you, you see from generation to generation, it's like, you know, I'm not, it's not my, not, it's not my father's Oldsmobile or whatever that used to be. Mm-hmm. But like, you see, like the millennials, they don't want to be like the baby boomers. The baby boomers are about collecting things. The millennials are about collecting experiences. Well, you talk to these kids that are 16 to 18, they look at the millennials I'm not. I'm not going to have a beard and my my hair cut short on the side of my head. It's every generation doesn't want to be like the one in front of them. So sure, yeah, they, it's it's how stuff. do you it's how do you appeal to, how do you appeal to that? So that's that's kind of the marketing challenge. So it's 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 fun to look at all that stuff, and it's fun to have been around this business long enough to be able to look at it from that perspective. Nice. Oh, maybe they'll kill the bobber. Oh, please let them kill the bobber. <laughs> oh, just just let it die. Well, at the cafe. Uh. <laughs> Larry, what are you most excited to see at this year's AIM? Well, we're, what's really exciting for us, so you, if, you have, if you understand that when we built AIM Expo, it was to be an American platform. And one of the things that drove me crazy when I was at Cycle World in the last few years it, it was that all of our the number one and through number ten web traffic stories on CycleWorld.com at that time were intros from the Ikema show in Milan, Italy. So <laughs> there would be product introduced in Italy that was coming to the American market that American consumers were looking at about that product, and because we simply didn't have a platform to do those introductions in America, and some of them were done at IMS, maybe in New York or maybe in Los Angeles, but you know it was in Long Beach. But it was like. It wasn't the same, and so I, that was always a thing to me. So I was like, "We got to build a platform." So, as an American platform that really wants to that really wants to have a place on the world stage, having the addition of Harley Davidson this year for the first time, oh. and having the, having the addition of Indian motorcycle Polaris is bringing Indian and, and Slingshot, but having Indian and Harley Davidson for the first time at AIM Expo is really significant for us because it, it elevates us on the world stage. And, you know, we're going to be the first place publicly that all the new Harleys are going to be shown. 
They're going to be introduced to their dealers uh, about three to four weeks before our show, but we're going to be the first public viewing of all that new product. Um, Indian and Harley both are going to have demo rides of their new product. So for us as an American <laughs> platform, that's really, really important for us. It's really, really key. And we have, as I said, we're, we, this is, we have the most OEMs attending the show with product this year than we've had ever before, plus the most number of uh, OEMs doing demo rides than we've had before. So it's, it's kind of a watershed moment for us. It's going to be the biggest show that we've had to date. And oh, so God, we're, it's going to be great. Indian and oh, yeah. Harley demoing next to each other. Harley's going to be like, stay away from those Indians. Indians going to be like, get as close as you can to the Harleys and just fucking smoke them. <laughs> Pull up next to him and you nod and just smoke them. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, that for us, that's, that's, those are the things that are exciting, you know, because it, it kind of means that we've matured. We picked up Nationwide Insurance as a presenting sponsor, mm-hmm. which we never really, we never really were seeking a presenting sponsor for the show. Over the past four years, we just wanted to get established as AIM Expo, and uh, it turns out that Nationwide is a is a Fortune 100 company that's based in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, we're going to have the show, and you know we're really excited because they not only do they have a lot of consumer products and insurance, but they have uh, a lot of business to business products that they can offer the motorcycle dealers. So we're excited that they're coming for all the right reasons. And plus mm-hmm. they're really a pillar of the local community there. And they want to see a Mexpo in the future return to Columbus. Hey, speaking of, so next year after, so this year you're in uh, Columbus next year, you're in Las Vegas, right? That's correct. Did I set that up? Well, <laughs> oh, glorious! <laughs> Which is good for us because I have, I have a timeshare there, and, uh-huh. and it's and, like a six-hour. I can even make it. My yeah, kids Todd will be old Oh, it's so odd. You know, you know. Oh, as soon as you go odd. to Columbus, you're probably going to have a timeshare in Columbus too. I look. My time. The closest one to Columbus is like three-hour drive away. I look because that's then. Then I don't have to pay for all, a hotel. all the grubby motorcycle podcasters crash on the floor of Chuck's timeshares. <laughs> Past couple aims that I've gone, I, I would get like a four bedroom, and I'd I'd have three or four podcasts, and we just would do you really a round awesome. table. Yeah, I was being totally literal. Yeah, about that. we would do a round <laughs> oh, wow. table thing about aim the day of the media stuff. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, but God, I can't I'm going to find out where you guys are. Vegas. So Vegas, everybody. So we talk about Columbus. Columbus is all about, you know, getting in the heartland, you know, close to people, close mm-hmm. to dealers, that type of thing. So why would we move from Columbus to go to Vegas? Remember I talked about one of the reasons that the manufacturers wouldn't do the show 20 years ago because they did their own individual meetings? Yes. Well, because of the budget situation, nobody's budget is as big as it used to be. But if we go to Vegas... Motorcycle dealers love to come to Vegas. I mean, they've come to Vegas over the years at various different individual dealer meetings. So we're going to create kind of a hub there that a couple of the motorcycle manufacturers intend to do dealer meetings before AIM Expo opens. So we'll get all the, all the dealers to come out and then attend AIM Expo. And what we've lined up is basically a concept for an industry week in Las Vegas that it will start with OEM dealer meetings We'll continue continue on with the trade days of AIM Expo, then open up for the consumer days for AIM Expo. On the Friday night before the consumer uh, days open, there, uh, we looks at probably 90% sure that we're going to have an Enduro Cross in Vegas at that time. And then on Saturday night, uh, the Monster Energy Cup, which has traditionally been in Vegas in the fall, 
that's the Saturday night of the Monster Energy Cup uh, Supercross race. And so that whole thing, basically all week long, will be all about the power sports industry in Las Vegas. So we're really excited. Your own version of Sturgis. Well, you know, it's yeah, it's it's not quite the same because it's it's up. A big percentage of it is industry based. In other It'd words, be it's way harder it's, to get your taxes done. <laughs> yeah, that too. So you know, it's but but from a consumer perspective, if you want to come see all the new motorcycles, see all the new aftermarket product, go to Endurocross, go to Monster Energy, uh, Monster Energy Cup, which is kind of like you know a really cool one-off Supercross yeah. race uh, in Vegas. It's all going to be there at the same time. So we're really really excited about that, but. We can't. We know we can't do that every year. Uh, so we're, we actually are holding dates in Columbus in 19 and 20, and a couple, actually a couple of other cities we're holding dates at. But if Columbus works like we think it will, from the standpoint of being close to a lot of dealers and close to a lot of consumers, uh, we'll easily be back there in 19 and, and beyond. So oh, it's okay. we're very we're very. We're very excited about it because Columbus has been a very, very, very welcoming city. And, you know, honestly, when we were looking for places to go besides Orlando, we knew we wanted to get closer to where the dealers were. We looked at all kinds of cities. I mean, we looked at Cleveland and Indy and Cincy and Louisville and St. Louis. We looked at all these places in the Midwest, and it turned out that Columbus, besides us, it has the highest proximity of dealers of any other city in the country to the, to the greatest concentration of dealers. Uh, but the convention center has gone a complete refurbishment over the last two years. It's like, it'll look brand new on the outside, on the inside. And Columbus as a city, I had no idea before we went there and did a site visit that it is as trendy of a city as it is. I had no idea. And so directly next to where the convention center is, there's this whole arts district called the short North, it's part of the city. It's a kind of a district of the city that's all like indie bars, restaurants, hotels for eight blocks going up toward the Ohio State University. And, mm. and it's, it's cool. And you can walk everywhere. That's the cool thing about having a downtown convention center is that it's, you can walk from the, it's five minutes to your hotel. It's five to 10 minutes to a cool bar or a restaurant. And so everything is right there. And it's uh, basically if you fly in, it's ten minute Uber ride, you know, ten dollar Uber ride from the airport. So it's like you don't need anything else. Everything's right there. So that was really impressive to us. And the uh, the city is rolling out the red carpet. They've already said they're going to close. There's a four lane uh, main. The main drag of Columbus is called High Street. High Street runs right in front of the convention center. They've already said they'll close down one of the lanes up against the convention center for motorcycle parking during consumer days. Oh, wow. The mayor, the mayor, I mean, you may have seen it. The mayor's already cut a video welcoming motorcyclists to Columbus. I mean, it's, it's cool. And the coolest thing is, uh, the congressman from that area, a guy named Jim Renace, uh, who actually was just on, if you look at the AMA just sent a, a thing out today about the, uh, the beef tariff thing. I don't know if you've been following that. Oh but. yeah, the beef tariff. So small so bikes. so there was a bunch of testimony today before the 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 guy that's part of the the trade commission that's doing all this stuff. And so Jim Renace is the local congressman. He asked a specific question today in that testimony, and he said, "Hey, you know, I'm a motorcyclist. You know, you're 
100% tariff on 51 to 500 cc motorcycles will hurt a lot of dealers in my district. So this guy's a he's a stalwart, and he you know he wants to see us come to Columbus, but he's also a good buddy of Pence, the Vice President Pence, and he helped us craft an invitation to the Vice President to come and speak at the show uh, the show opening on Thursday morning, and we did that about two months ago. And we'd heard back about a month ago that, well, he hasn't said no. The schedulers are looking looking to make it happen. But we heard uh, uh, early this week that uh, Renéche was actually in a meeting with Pence last week. And Renéche said, hey, you going to be able to do this motorcycle thing? And I guess the vice president turned to his staff and said, make it happen. Oh, So we don't – we have not yet heard from their staff, but – uh, at this point, we anticipate that uh, the vice president will be delivering an opening opening remarks at the show this year. So that would be actually fantastic, given that he is, as you may have seen, a motorcyclist. So he's been seen, you know, on his Harley Davidson a number of times in the last few months. So will that be on Saturday then, or on- no? That would be on, that would be on Thursday. On Thursday, that would be okay. Opening opening trade day, so you okay. can't miss you can't miss the trade opening, so the media days. Mm-hmm. So. So it's you know it's it's always tentative until the last minute based on those guys and what happens. But you know we're we're really excited that you know he didn't say no right away, and you know he basically said make that happen. So we'll see we'll see if it happens. If it does, it'll be fantastic for the power sports industry because we're really you may you may have never heard these numbers before, but between motorcycles and ATVs and UTVs. Mm-hmm. Power sports is a $40 billion industry in this country. That's a lot of jobs. That's a lot of, and that's just at retail. That's mm-hmm. not, that doesn't include all the people that work in the Harley factory and the Polaris factories and the Honda factories that are here and the Yamaha factories here and the Kawasaki factories that are here. That's just at retail. Mm-hmm. So that's all the people that work in dealerships uh, and that type of thing. So we're really excited if he shows up. I mean, it'll be really, really cool because it's that, That'll that'll really put the stake on the fact that AIM Expo is the American platform for right. the power sports business around the world. We I mean we really want to shine a spotlight on on American industry, the American power sports industry. I believe Columbus, Ohio, is also within driving distance of the only McDonald's that still serves pizza. You know that must be a podcast thing because I've never heard that before. <laughs> I have a friend who's going to be picking me up uh, at the airport for, and he's like, "We're going to the McDonald's that serves pizza." Okay then, yeah. So uh, I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to Google that so we can find find that out. So Larry, quick quick segue for you. T- tell us about your work with the uh, the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation because that was uh, that's a it's a it's a highly specific but interesting charity. Go well, Thank you for asking because it's been kind of a labor of love for me and yeah you know, for me personally I'm very blessed that I have two really healthy kids and never had to go through those challenges. But when I was at Cycle World. We started when we were the sponsors of the international motorcycle shows back when it was the Cycle World International Motorcycle Shows. We had all kinds of room in the booth that we had on the show floor at all the shows, and I had gotten to I had gotten to know Mike Trainer, who was the founder of the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. Who actually before the foundation, it was just Ride for Kids. He started Ride for Kids in Atlanta in 1984, I believe it was, okay. and. 
because he was a newspaper ad sales guy. One of his coworkers' kid had a brain tumor, and you know it was like he just we we're motorcyclists. We can we can we can get together and we can make stuff happen and raise money. So he did that. You know, in the early '90s, they became a foundation, and I met Mike, and so we we just invited him into our booth to give away literature and, about the rides, and which made a big difference, according to him. And then we started building a a custom bike, a raffle bike that we could raffle off for, for the foundation. And, uh, in, in, uh, 2000, when cycle world's founding publisher, Joe Parkhurst passed away, who was a good buddy of mine. I'd gotten to know him pretty well. His widow said to me, Hey, is there something you can do to memorialize Joe? So we created a scholarship fund, the Joseph C. Parkhurst education fund that benefited the scholarship program that the foundation had. And we started doing a silent auction at the trade show, which has continued on to AIM Expo. So, you know, make a, make a long story longer. About 12 years ago, he asked me to join their board of directors. And I said, only if you think I can make a difference. And he convinced me that I could. So I've served there. And, you know, once you start to meet these kids that have been challenged with a brain tumor, and it, it's a really interesting thing because there's so many more adults with brain tumors that the research money goes so much more into adult research than pediatric research. And it's a totally different kind of research. And so, and just to give you an idea, uh, the pediatric brain tumor foundation raises, you know, just shy of $5 million a year, most of which goes toward research. And the patient population, kids that are in the country that have a brain tumor is about 28,000 kids living with a brain tumor. The the Cystic Fibrosis uh, Foundation, which has been around considerably longer than our foundation, uh, they have about the same patient population. There's 30,000 people living with cystic fibrosis. They raise $307 million bucks a year. So we have a long way to go uh, because, as someone said, you know, someone said, you know, like, Curing cancer is like putting a man on the moon. Yeah, but somebody, one of the research scientists that I spoke to recently said, well, actually, no, it's like sending 300 men to 300 different planets because there's so many different types of tumors to sure. research. And so what we do, we're the lead, we're the largest, we're the largest, uh, funder of research, private funder of re- non-governmental funder of research in the country. And, but it's just a drop in the bucket of what that's, what's really needed. Um, Last week, I was actually able to attend an annual research conference that the foundation does in New York and invites all the scientists that we give money to for research to come together and make them collaborate and share their information, which isn't isn't necessarily normal in that community. But because it's a smaller community and they know that it's going to take a lot more to get it done, they're very collaborative. And it's pretty impressive to talk to these people that do the research. And we also invited... 17 other foundations that raise money for pediatric uh, brain tumor research to come because a lot of times, you know, if my kid had cancer, I might start a foundation. I might know a bunch of people and I'll raise a bunch of money, but I won't really know where to invest it. And we have a, we have a PhD scientist on our staff that leads our uh, vetting of our research dollars. And so we can help other foundations and it just helps. It's very collaborative. So I'm just, I'm just very fortunate that I've been able to have an association and, and help move that along as much as we can. I mean, we lost 
Mike Trainer, who was the founder in 2009, and his wife Diane, who was a key part of the organization, passed away in 2012. And and since that time, we've hired a CEO that was in another disease space that is really, really, really brought us along. And so, uh, I'm very proud of you know the, the organization and the fact that Ride for Kids is really the motorcycle charity. Uh, it's the, probably the most recognized motorcycle charity uh, with 30 about 30 events around the country every year. So I would encourage any listeners to please, you know, go, go along and, and, and ride along at one of the ride for kids events, or just go to cure the kids.org and donate some money. Because when you meet these kids, it's what you're struck by when you meet these kids, which we call stars. If they have, if they, if they've had the disease, we call them stars or star families. What you're struck by with these kids is their absolute resilience they're like, yeah, I got cancer, but you know what? It opened a bunch of doors for me. And it's just, you're, you're blown away. I guess because as an adult, you just can't understand. That's kind of what the, in a lot of cases, the only thing the kid's ever known. He's known I've had to deal with cancer. So it's, it's no, it, he doesn't know any different. But yeah, thank you for asking that because it's been kind of a labor of love and it's been a really important thing. It, and actually the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, about six months ago, basically came out and said it's actually the number one killer of kids, I think under the age of 14, I think is how they classified it, but it's now the number one, where I think leukemia actually had been the, the one before that because they're making strides on leukemia. You know, we're making strides, but it's not as, as much as we need to. Wow. So will, uh, will Ride for Kids have a presence at AIM? Yeah, so we we have at, at the... Uh, at the happy happy hour that we have on uh, on the evening after the, show, the of the first day that the show closes, we have an auction there, a live auction that uh, mm-hmm. is put on, and we have a bunch of very cool products from there, around the country. As a matter of fact, I have got Kenny Roberts is a longtime buddy of mine, so I've got him. I was at his museum back in May at a charity dinner he has for vets, and I went into his museum. I go, okay, I got, I need something for the auction, so I go in there. So I have a uh, KR3 an expansion chamber and silencer from one of uh, which rider was it? One of his riders, the Japanese rider, I can't remember his name uh, off the top, Aoki, from 1980. So sorry, 19, sorry, 2003, uh, from a crash. It's crash damage uh, expansion chamber, all titanium. Unbelievable when you see it, the welds on it, all titanium expansion chamber and a carbon fiber silencer that or suffered crash damage that he still had in his museum. I go, you're never going to put this on display for anything. It's not take it. So we're going to auction that off. Uh, so it's just cool stuff like that. Um, and are we'll you, see. Are you sure no one saw you take it? No, no, no. I told him I was going to take it. Sure you did. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. <laughs> oh, take this. No, come back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in the past... In the past, I had titanium connecting rods out of some of the his MotoGP bikes. I mean, it was just he's, there's some cool stuff in there. But he, when he closed his shop in England, which is where his race team was based out of, when he did all of his his MotoGP and, Moto, and uh, Grand Prix teams, he just when he closed that up and he, and he wasn't doing doing the, the team anymore, he had everything that was in the shop shipped to the ranch in uh, in California. And literally, you can go in there now and look in boxes. There will be, there will, there will be 
rolls of duct tape that were shipped from England. I go, these are the most expensive rolls of duct tape I've ever seen in my life. Are you kidding me? We so, have yes. to auction this off. Oh my God. This is crazy <laughs> stuff. So, but yeah, it's so cool, cool items like that. So yeah, there will, the ride for kids, the foundation will be rep- represented at AMEX as they have for the past few years. Well, that's very cool, man. Um, I'm even more looking forward to coming to AIM this year and not getting kicked out. Well, we don't have your picture yet, but I'm sure we can get it. I've changed my appearance <laughs> drastically. <laughs> You're looking for a little skinny guy. There you I've, go. <laughs> I've misspelled my name intentionally every time I've come. Oh, God. Well, we're looking forward to having you there. Really are. I mean, it's, I it's, this is, this is going to be a cool year. Really a cool year. This is year number five and, mm-hmm. uh, we're very proud of the growth of the show and what it means as a platform for you know, like I said before, putting a spotlight on the American marketplace in the, on the world stage because the American market is the single, while there's other markets that sell more total two-wheeled vehicles, two-wheeled power vehicles uh, around the world, we are the largest recreational market in the world. Uh, there's, there's a lot of transportation markets around the world, but we're the, by far and away the largest recreational marketplace in the world. So it's, it's important for us to have a platform to showcase our industry. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on and talking to us, Larry. This has been really cool. We'll have links yeah. in the show notes, both to the AIM Expo and to CureTheKids.org. So AIM Expo is just A-I-M-E-X-P-O-U-S-A.com, AIMExpoUSA.com. And uh, there, all the information about the show is there. Uh, there's, you can buy discounted tickets online for the show. Um, we'll be, I would encourage everybody to sign up to our social channels, just aim, at AIM Expo or hashtag AIM Expo. Because we do run ticket promotions, you know, we'll run, you know, th- throughout the summer and up to the show. Uh, and go to curethekids.org because we really need people to help and lend a hand to get these, to find the cure, cause and a cure of uh, brain tumors in kids. So Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on tonight. It's, it's, uh, this is, this is always fun to talk to guys like you. Thanks, Larry. It's Thanks, been man. great for us too. Oh, I'm so stoked to go. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be a hoot. The, the happy hour, media happy hour after the first day, mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah, I There's bet. so much free food. I bet. And that that's the part where I get kicked out. <laughs> you have to go now. I have to no, go. no. But surely, mini cheeseburgers. But I'm the big edge of So hungry. <laughs> <laughs> These gains don't build themselves. <laughs> Protein. Protein. <laughs> It is it is a super cool AIM Expo is, is my favorite of the shows that mm-hmm. I've been to. Cool. It's just so I cannot freaking wait until it comes to Vegas. Seeing the the, the alley of, of vendors that are clearly a small outfit from Taiwan or uh-huh. China, and it's three or four very sullen looking Asian people mm-hmm. sitting at a table with a thousand brake lovers mm-hmm. <laughs> saying we can make these for you. Mm-hmm. That's always intimidating to look at because I'm just like, what if they try to talk to me as I'm walking by? <laughs> this is this is why you need this is why it's good rows going with you this time. Yep, well. and this is why you really need me there, <laughs> so you can run up and throw the tail over and say "fuck you, bitches" and run off. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just standing there holding a mic. Uh. Clearly, clearly, you haven't watched me work recently. <laughs> I I don't ever. You, you've, you've seen me. You've seen me at least once or twice. No. Watch me work when it's time. To, it's time to put on the Todd face. 
I don't think I have. I will approach anyone. I will put on. I will put on the top. Oh no! Face I have seen you do it when we've been on road trips and stuff. Yep. When I go and sulk in a booth and don't so, want to yeah. talk to anyone, sulk, so And you go and you're like, huh. "You got a bike." Hi, how's it going? Nice to meet you. I'm Todd from Wheel Nerds. I'm like, "How's it going?" We have a podcast. You should check it out. I'm like, I have a face full of fries. Just <laughs> don't look at me. You protect. You protect yourself by hiding. I protect myself by putting on the stop the mister. The Mr. Talkative Mask. Hi! Don't want to look. Now you have to listen to me talk. My best friend from high school. From junior high school. He's a master of it. Mm-hmm. He makes you look like me. Mm-hmm. It's He's amazing. He's just there. He, Hi. He used to use his powers for evil. Mm-hmm. Mainly picking up girls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just... He's, he was really good at it. I try to think of him when mm-hmm. I, I try to do it. Gotcha. Even though I failed miserably. <laughs> I don't know. I thought my I thought my excuse me man with beard approach worked pretty well at the Triumph show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, that yeah. attack. <laughs> Microphone is out. I remember the AM Expo when I went to the Helite booth for the first time. Like, hey, what's up? Hey, you got that booth vest thing, right? Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole tackles you. <laughs> Don't you want to hear about the- <laughs> uh, human contact? Uh, stranger danger. <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. Oh, I'm doing something. Oh, I'm doing a road trip. Oh yeah, where to? I'm going to Redding, California. Okay, why there? I'm going to get a new seat, a custom seat done for the BMW. Oh, at uh, Russell or at one of the at others? Lamb. Lamb. Yeah. L A A M. Okay. Um, I've heard them compared favorably to Russell. Okay. I figured since you already got the Russell, I'll try this Lamb. Mm-hmm. See how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, his prices, I think, were low. Were a little more inexpensive. Mm. So that was kind of attractive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he offers the same kind of drive-in service. Sure. So I'm going to ride across northern Nevada yeah. at the end of June Duh. into northern California Duh. at the hottest fucking time of the year because I am a genius. You are super clever, <laughs> sir. You are the smartest. <laughs> I, the smartest of the smart. This can't possibly go wrong. No, no I don't see any problem at all. Mail, mailboxes are literally melting in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm sure northern Nevada will be swell. Mm-hmm. It'll be chilly. It'll be, bring bring a coat. I'll need a, several coats. Mm-hmm. Possibly my heater as well, my yeah. electric vest. Oh, I, yeah. Make sure, make sure you got a new battery in it. Yeah, because, you know, mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. chilly. I'm not going to camp. Mm-hmm. I will not be camping this time. I can't imagine why. I will be finding rooms with air conditioners mm. and sleeping on them. <laughs> How's your air conditioning? It's good. How good? <laughs> like, keep beer cold in the room good? Or just kind of blow some air? I'm going to be sleeping on your air conditioner. Is it long enough? <laughs> <laughs> you want this about six feet? <sighs> I, I figure that we could have some listener participation. Sure. Um, and I'll, I'll post a poll on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Of the color and the, the design? Uh, no. Uh, not for the seat. Odds on me successfully completing this trip. Uh-huh. With no breakdowns? Odds on me being on a tow truck at some point during this trip. Okay. All right. Odds on me falling to my knees by the side of a road and weeping bitterly. 
odds of a Todd call during this trip. Well, I, I'm not going to call you if I'm if I'm at if I'm at Wendover. Uh-huh. Past that, I'm not going to call you. That's too far. No, you still you still call me because the, the, the first call Chuck makes when something. Oh, that's wrong. true. I will there's, just... there's the first like like the obligatory that first call. call. Hey, Todd. Hey, Chuck. That, I forgot about um, that. Um. Okay, so if the bike is <laughs> on fire, <laughs> I forgot about that call. Yeah, that call. Not that the is... uh, when I think rescue call, I was thinking of the. Pick me up and no, no. You call, you call, you call Claire. Or you call John. The uh, um, the uh, Claire's oh, got a trailer now. What do you think this is called? Yeah. The, what is uh, if it does? If okay, so this part is 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 shooting out sparks. <laughs> Are you worried? A giant What's spring has popped out of the side of the motorcycle that was never there to begin with. And I'm not I'm not sure if that's a, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am gonna pack the uh my my Haynes manual. Mm-hmm. Good plan. Um, Good plan. Unfortunately, the boxer is deadly easy to work on. Yeah, and it's all hanging out in space. The one thing I'm a little worried about is you know it's tubed tires. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've already seen how well I deal with getting tires off of rims, and well, getting them off wasn't too bad. Getting it back on, is at least tires. Huh? Should have it should. I think pretty sure you have tubeless tires. You have the fancy BMW rims that you can put tubeless tires on a strip spoked rim. I thought the the two thousands two thousand ones were tubeless. I could be wrong. I don't know. Tubed. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to take a look. It's an adventure. It, it's an adventure. It's spoke wheels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed they were tubed. Now I'm wondering. Got me. I have no idea. I run. I run. I I hate. Spoked rims with an all-consuming passion, yeah. and so I will run. I will run cast rims, cold dead fingers, because tubeless rim, tubeless tire is good, and spokes pain in the ass. I would like tubeless tires. I couldn't tell if it's tubed or not just by looking at the tire, could I? Uh, no. No. Yeah. No. So I'd have no. to crack it open. I mean, if you if you took the tire, if you took the wheel off. You would know pretty fast because if it's tubed, it weighs like nine thousand fucking pounds. Okay. Then again. Your idea of what's heavy is so skewed, you might have noticed. <laughs> so, you know, there's the... <laughs> still, still pretty light. I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. Well... Ever got any chicken? <laughs> uh, I only feel like eating half a chicken at this point, and I, I don't think it's very heavy. tight. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not. You saw me in the stick. No, stage. no, it actually, it's still, I, I was a little, I, on some level, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping you were, like, aggressively chucking out of it and I could pick it up for a song. <laughs> no, I wasn't at that point. That's why when you brought it up last time, I was just like, it's not yeah. that far yet. Okay. It's, just, it's, a, it's a point right now where it's a little uncomfortable trying to get well, cause both arms Because your Tay suit is, like, the sausage, is gone. stuffed the sausage. is history. Yeah, it's been moved on to a new home. It's a mate, no, it's still there. I just, it, I can't put it on. Yeah. Maybe without the liner, I could squeeze into it. Mm-hmm. But man, I just I, can't, I, can't, I can't put. You should try it on. I can't put it on. <laughs> I just, I just can't. <laughs> hey, uh, help! He- hello, I'm, anyone? I know I've gotten bigger since dogs? That, that ride. <laughs> dogs, <laughs> dogs, dogs. There's nobody else home. <laughs> Bella's deaf. Hip. <laughs> Try to get to the dogs and try to encourage her to bite you out of it. <laughs> yeah, she'll just start bumping with, with me with her nose. Like, Pet me. <laughs> Pet me. Love you. Love you. Love you so much. Four hours later. 
wife comes home. Just, what are you doing? <laughs> not having sex with the dog, obviously. Why would you think that? Can you unstick me? Um, <laughs> Pull me out of this thing. Please. Cut just, me out. Just grab the just cut it. of life. Cut it. I don't care anymore. Scissors. Cut me, Mick. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's yeah. a thing. You still need to come by. Check I out. I need to come by Crazy Chucks ja- this weekend. Jacket supply. Mm-hmm. Crazy then, Chucks gear supply. We could take some pictures. Mm-hmm. We'll just, we'll, we'll tell them on more places and just do all the pictures. <laughs> all at once. Chuck rode all around on a lawnmower with a mariachi music playing? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you say that like you're surprised. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hello, officer. <laughs> For sure, this isn't against the law. Is he with you? Nope. <laughs> Pretty I sure. I don't think he speaks English. Pretty sure he's an eagle, sir. <laughs> Pretty sure he's. <laughs> he said something about Tijuana, Tulusta. He said something about Mexico, and yeah. Yeah, I asked him questions. All he said was C. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the only Spanish I speak. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting so arrested. Yep. What'd you learn this week, Chuck? I've learned I'm gonna get arrested this weekend. I've learned I've learned I have a new gear store. <laughs> I wonder do you take Harbor Freight coupons? No. Damn it. <laughs> I don't take any kind of coupons. I already have a coupon maven. I don't need someone handing me more coupons. I've got this coupon for Harbor Freight though. No. It's, I... just, it's the same as money. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't have a coupon for Harbor Freight? Uh, I retract the question. But that's all we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. 20% off. 25 and we'll talk. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website www.wheelnerds.com If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Amazing shape, perfect... Oh, sh- God damn it, Sorry. Chuck. Sorry.